Welcome to the Let's Wrestle podcast with Dan and Nico. I'm Nico. And I am Dan. And we are here to talk some wrestling from this week. Um, pretty eventful week. Pretty like half and half. I, I thought it was a really great week. Uh, one great moment, honestly, in all, I'll have to say, even though I'm not the biggest fan in the world, but we'll talk about that later. So we're definitely going to go ahead uh, and today talk breakdown. Um, some of the things that we liked about AEW, some of the things we didn't. And we'll also talk about WWE. Uh, also, at the very end of, of after we're done talking about what happened during this week, we are going to have a segment, um, not related completely to it. Uh, you'll hear it towards the end. Uh, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, it's always a topic that I, you know, I like to look at, or things that I look at when I'm playing some video games. Also, anyways, um, how's you? How'd your week go, bro? How's it going with this COVIDness that we just went through? I am feeling better than I was a couple of days ago. Not so tired, but um, I'm ready, man. Uh, like you were saying earlier, it was mm-hmm. um, not a bad week. It wasn't a bad week. It just wasn't very eventful, I thought, from both companies. Um, but there's some interesting mm-hmm. things which we'll go- get into. So how was your week, Nico? Ugh. How are you feeling? Damn. I know you're feeling worse. I felt worse last weekend. Um, feeling a lot better uh, now. <laughs> I was fucking dying, dude. It was horrible. But um, yeah, it, it got better throughout the week, and then I finally got to go back to work, man. Uh, COVID sucks, but the job kind of sucks too because it doesn't pay you when you're gone from COVID. That kind of sucks. But whatever the fuck. Enough with the personal shit. Let's get into some AEW. And I do have to talk about this match because although I felt like it was a great match, it is this one is objective, um, the type of match that they did have. But I feel like it's also showing where the state of um, AEW is. I'm not sure if he did make an appearance then, but it was later on. But we started off AEW with a coffin match um, between Darby Allin and Brody King. Um, I thought it was a great match. It was hard hitting. It was just no nonsense. They're just going to go out there and just fuck everybody up or fuck each other up. Um, Brody King was bleeding like fucking crazy, which was pretty cool. It was a cool visual, at least. Um, This one, actually, I wasn't even too upset with the interference at this point because it's doing what it needs to do for... The House of Black, in my opinion. Um, and it could be just the crowd that's there in AEW. But the crowd actually helped this event, um, at least this first match for me. Um, because as soon as House of Black comes there, everyone starts booing, which they should, since House of Black is the heels in this whole thing. Um, Sting came out of the fucking coffin, which was great, which is pretty cool. Um, Darby Island ended up getting the win. My main concern, though, is that uh, I don't think Miro even had his promo at the end of this match. Um, he had it later on the night. I, I don't know. I just thought I, I think his promo should have actually came on. I don't know. I don't know. I just felt yeah. like it, it just didn't do anything. Like like the match itself didn't do anything to further the story that they're going with. I guess I don't know. It was just the match to end. Like. Is this going to end the Brody King and, and Darby storyline? And now we're going to transition to Miro and the Dar- uh, the House of Black storyline? That's what I'm confused about. 
I mean, I hope so. I hope that this is the end of it because, uh, like you said, this match really didn't do anything, and it didn't do anything for me either. Um, well, I meant, I, wait, I meant it didn't do anything to further anything, or I don't know if it ended anything. I enjoyed. Just want to clarify that. Go ahead. I I mean, it wasn't terrible, um, but it just was. It was whatever because uh, I'm not into the storyline that they're doing with Darby. I am interested a bit in what they're doing with Miro. I've said that they should keep him away from it, but I am interested to see what they do with Miro because he's the one that's involved in this. So um, I, I don't think that promo he had backstage happened, though, um, after that no. match. And it happened, like, in the middle of the show. I popped a little bit when when he said, like, only one woman can touch the Redeemer and that's not you or something like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's talking about Lana, which I think at some point we're going to see her. Um, on AEW, but maybe that's when Miro will go full heel again, or I don't know. But um yeah, man, it's it's whatever to me. Um I, I really don't care. I honestly don't care about the uh House of Black. Um I care about well, Miro. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think that the the House of Black and Darby Allen Sting thing is quite over. I think that for now it'll be over until they're brought in with Miro I, um, at one point or another because there's no way that Miro's going to fight off three people, especially someone like Brody King plus, um, what's his name in, in fucking, I'm always about to call him Mr. Black. Um, can't remember his name right now. And fucking Buddy, what is his name in fucking AW? Matthews? Uh, Buddy Matthews, yeah. Buddy Matthews, okay. Buddy Matthews and God, what a fucking name, Aleister Black. It's not Aleister Black, is it? Malachi Black. Malachi Black. Man, these wow. fucking names are so goddamn confusing. That's how forgettable the faction is. I think that's what you need to see. That they're so forgettable and people really don't care that we're forgetting the names. No, um, it's the problem is that they keep switching from AEW to WWE and then they change their name by just like one fucking name. So I can't fucking remember the goddamn name. That's we remember Mox's name. I mean, he's been at it for a whole three years. At this point, at, at the beginning, I was calling him Dean Ambrose left and right. But more people actually give a shit about what he does. Um, I mean, it's been three Brian years. Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson was known as Brian Danielson before. He Claudio. Claudio. That one's a good one. I would, I would actually say that was true with Claudio. Because I can call him Claudio like... Left and right, no problem. Fucking Miro. Uh, Miro. Oh, man, Miro's made it so good. But yeah, Malachi Black. Um, I feel like he he's so good, but right now it's just the direction in which they put or how they who they face against House of Black. There's just not a spot for him. Like, the mid-card in AEW is just kind of there. It's not like a really grand place to be at this point because there's not really much going on and i feel like malachi black should be in a title picture right now he should be going for like the title no no i like his i like his faction i don't have a problem with the faction i actually feel like they all go together like buddy buddy matthews and malachi black they have history together from wwe that kind of makes a little bit of sense um 
But honestly, if the House of Black was just Mordecai, uh, Mordecai Black and Brody King, Mordecai. I'd be fine with that. Or what do they call oh, Mordecai? <laughs> Malachi Black. Mordecai was some English. other abomination of a character, but... Hey, man, he had a lot of promise. So he looked cool. Like, imagine if him and Undertaker actually got to wrestle. That would have been okay. I know him as oh, Kevin yeah. Thorne. I'd rather... Uh, I'd rather not remember him as Kevin Thorne. I remember, I'd rather not remember that at all. Yeah, okay, well, child that came out. Kevin Thornton sucked. That well, ECW sucked. <laughs> this is what I wanted to say though about Malachi Black. The the time that he had the most momentum was when he had beat Cody like twice or something like that, and then of course Cody came back and beat him. So that kind of killed some of the momentum. But um, he shouldn't have, have if they did it right. If they if they placed him in a better place after that then it shouldn't have mattered that Cody won. He should have beat him and then just left it alone for a for a while. Like they just for kind of while. Yeah, for a good while and then revisit it in the future. But the problem uh, was is that once he beat him, wasn't he barely on TV? Like he when he did come out on TV, he wasn't doing anything. It was just like these little vignettes until Cody came back. Like I don't he was even know. in people's faces. I don't even know. And but this was the time when he had the most momentum when he could have went into some kind of singles chase for a championship, but then they formed the House of Black. Um again, I don't have a problem at. with him with him and Brody King. Brody King and, and him making the House of Black makes sense more than Buddy Matthews. Buddy Matthews being in it, it's just kinda like where do we put him? They it's like they wanted to make Buddy Matthews a thing still. But they couldn't put him as a single star because there's too many people in the mid card. Like I said, I felt that so they just they ended up just putting him with House of Black. It kind of makes sense, like I said, because of their history in WWE, where like you know Buddy Matthews couldn't beat um, Malachi Black and whatever the fuck you know joining Seth Rollins or whatever the fuck. But um, yeah, it, it, it's just a clusterfuck of things. They're all great workers. They just they're just stuck in this fucking limbo of whatever, of just whatever. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with them. It just doesn't make any sense. They're just kind of hopping person to person to person. They're uh, facing the Lucha Bros. Now they're going against Darby Allen and Sting, which they've had some cool moments. They're like, don't get me wrong, but they're just, they're, it's just not enough. It's not enough to make it um, mean anything at the end of the day. Um, exactly but moving along um let's talk about ricky starks dude like what he's doing right now um like i said last week i was a little concerned with where this was gonna go with him and um powerhouse hobbs and but i'm kind of digging the story a little bit now the match that ricky starks had this past week i really didn't care for i felt like it was a little I don't know, was it just me, or did it seem like they were trying to rush everything in that match? Uh, yeah, I felt that too. Um, yeah. But I do like where they're going uh, uh, with Starks and Hobbs. I like that uh, promo that happened beforehand, before Ricky Starks' match, where um, it was they were interviewing Powerhouse Hobbs, and then QT Marshall comes in, and all Powerhouse has to tell him is just, don't make your problem my problem. So I thought that was pretty dope. Like yeah. all he all he needs to do is say a couple words. He doesn't need to like cut huge ass promos. He's a big ass, scary ass dude who can fuck you up 
and he looks like that dude. It looks like it looks real. So just keep him as the strong, stoic type. Just a couple words out of his mouth. That's all he needs. Have you noticed that QT Marshall's been throwing himself at everybody? Um, he did the same thing with the gun club. Like wanting to be with them or whatever. Uh, I don't remember the gun club one. When was that? Was that last week? That was, uh, I believe, on Dynamite. It was backstage, and Billy Gunn was basically like, get the fuck out of here. I, there was two people. Oh, was it? No. You're saying QT Marshall. I think you're getting it mixed up with that other dude. Mm, what's his name? Uh, Malcolm Bivens? Yes. Or Stokely Hathaway or something like that. Stokely. Was it? Because he's been doing the same thing. Um, no, because Stokely went, went, he was in the backstage with the, with the gun club this past week. And he was trying to give him the card. And um, fucking Billy Gunn was like, hey, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, so I remember. Damn, what the fuck? I thought that was QT. Okay. Now, now QT is really only going on with. He was backstage with Ricky Starks last week after Ricky Starks got uh, spine busted by Powerhouse Hobbs. And yeah. then that's what kind of set up the match for this week. But, um, she. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, QT Marshall. Um, yeah, but, um,. QT Marshall is doing what he is meant to do. His little crew, they are literally the new age job squad. It's a bunch of jobbers. It's it's not terrible. It's just the bottom of the card. Bottom of the card. Bottom of the card, but they're... uh, Yeah, it just kind of sucks because Ricky Starks is having to deal with them. But the Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs deal, I like it. I dig it. I want to see what they're going to do next. Next week... Um, hopefully they keep them separated for a good while, though. I don't want Ricky Starks and, and Paros Hobbs to, like, kind of match up and ma- – I, I want that one to linger. Kind of always be there, but not really. Like, I feel like Ricky Starks needs to be in some other um, other spots. Well, you know that they'll have a match announced as soon as tomorrow or something for, <laughs> for this week, so. Uh, I really hope not. They, don't, they need to let that burn a little <laughs> bit more. So – that's the good and bad of AEW. Um, Ricky Starks, I really hope that's going to like further grow. Um, but let's also talk about the debut of Parker Birdo. I believe he's actually the there. The card. Um, huh? I said, speaking of the bottom of the card. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Anyways, <laughs> uh, it's a good spot for him to be. Uh, at this point, he actually debuted in a little backstage uh, <clears throat> promo with uh, Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends, which I thought what they were doing back then was hilarious with the whole... They brought him back there to watch them um, high-five each other. I thought it was stupid as hell, but it was funny as fuck. Um, but it was also Davari's brother. I can't remember his first name. I know his last name Davari. Um who was there in this new, like, in this, not even new, this same kind of manager gimmick that they've kind of been doing. I'm actually getting real tired of the managers now in fucking AEW. There's so fucking many. And that's, uh, can we just talk about that really quick? Because I feel like before AEW, it felt like there was really never any managers anymore. And you wanted it. You were like, yeah. And when we got it, 
I don't know if it's just not being done right or maybe we just actually don't want what we thought we did. Um, because in WWE, like it was, it's only Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman. Uh, well, who Max else? Du- I guess Max Dupree would be called. He uh, just manager. started. Like he just started. Right. You're right. Like he's just started, but there's not really a lot of managers in WWE. There's only a couple, but you always kind of missed those other men. You like you know the Paul Hay- Paul Heyman. Uh, fucking uh, Paul Bearer, yeah, you got even Vicky Vicky Guerrero, even Davari at the time when he was with whoever the fuck he was with, he's always with other people. But yeah, you missed that part in WWE of, of those people having those managers now. Oh, MVP, he's also a manager, I guess okay, you could MVP, say. and he's a good talker, um, so then great talker. But now, AEW, it's kind of just over flooding with manager slash wrestler guys like this Davari guy, you got uh Bivens, like you were saying, um, the fucking lawyer guy, uh, the snake uh, Roberts, Jake the snake Roberts, which was cool in the beginning, it was cool in the beginning, um, because at that point, uh, with Cody and Arn, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was some good shit, um, but then. It just started to become too much. Like now they had, well, like like I said, all the people that we talked about. I think the problem isn't that it's too much. Um, it is. I'm lying. It's it's a problem that there's too much of bad managers. Like just not like it. The, like you're not needed. Get the fuck out of here. Why do we have to have these these guys managed by you? Um. So Stokely. I guess is going to be changing that because he's going to manage fucking everybody. I guess he's just at giving his card out to everybody, which I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really like that. Like how can this one guy manage um, the baddies plus manage what? Maybe, maybe Ethan page plus managing um, the, the gun club. Cause they, 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 um, they teased him giving them a card again on Rampage. So, I don't know. Well, he, he I thought it was interesting when he was doing it with um, Lee Mor- Moriarty or whatever. Um, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, he's not really that bad at all in the ring, so. No, it's um, not that bad. But then it, it it's like, that guy's new. So it makes more sense. The baddies are still new. So it makes sense that they have a mouthpiece in a way. But then why do you do it for Ethan Page? He doesn't yeah. really need a mouthpiece. He can do it on his own. And it, it I don't know. It's, it's just, there's too many. It's just too much at this point. It's like, yeah, leave them alone. Like, let them get on their own shit. Give Ethan Page something to actually fucking do. He's he's not even there. He wasn't there. He was there last week, but he's not there this week. Exactly. <laughs> he cut like a fucking pipe bomb or whatever you want to call it, and then he's not even seen the next week. So yeah. So uh, Parker Burdell comes out, and uh, just as an enforcer, it looks like. He actually has a match on Rampage against Sonny Kiss, which he wins. That was not surprising whatsoever because it honestly seemed like Sonny Kiss was just being used for um, Pride Month. Gosh. Oh, Pride okay. Month. <laughs> it, was, it was. 
Sunny Kiss seemed like a wash anyways. But then um, it's coming out on commercials now because of Pride Month, which is kind of, in my mind, I was like, man, it's kind of fucked up. Like, you have them on, on the commercials for Pride Month, but then when it comes to the actual show, where the fuck is he? So... Because new fans are like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you, no one's watching fucking Dark. There's, there's not enough people watching Dark. There's, it's just... No she, one likes to go on to YouTube. That's why the NWA power isn't the biggest thing in the fucking world right now because it's on YouTube. No one wants to watch the wrestling on YouTube. No one wants to watch wrestling that's not live. It's so... Uh, it's better to watch it live. It's more exciting. You never know what's going to happen. Is Sunny Kiss even on Dark? I think so. Every now and again. I don't even think um, he's on Dark all that often. You know how they do the... Um... Like the funny, or they try to be funny with the name tags, like their entrance name. And they put like, yeah. oh, they should have put, hasn't been seen in 400 days because. I don't remember the last time um, Sonny was on TV. I think the last time Sonny was on TV was when fucking um, uh, that other guy. Uh, that's Wash at this point. Uh, Janela? Janela. Joey Janela. Yeah, that was the last time I saw them on TV. Then I think they were tagging on Dark afterwards. They didn't do anything with that either. That was kind of stupid. Um, waste of vignettes. Waste of vignettes. But, um, yep, so that happened. Then Davari had his match against, uh, against Orange Cassidy uh, to be the main event of Rampage. Just going to talk about that because we're talking about Birdo. Um, it was a decent match. Not too bad. Um, I think Orange Cassidy actually came out with the win. But then they were jumped and attacked by Davari's team of misfits. Honestly, that weird white Kevin Federline wannabe John Cena dude (laughs) on the side with Parker Birdo, this big burly monster looking dude who looks like he should be facing off against fucking Jake Hager or something. Um, Honestly, he's the only one in this group that looks like he's gonna do anything if if anything at all. And then Sunny Kiss turns heel. Um it should be good. Uh we'll see how it goes though. I don't I really don't know. That that it's team weird, looks it did. it's a weird pairing. Like they got uh Parker Botox in there, they have Sunny Kiss, they have Davari, and then they have that guy. It's that, just it doesn't weird. make any sense. It's a it's a team of misfits. You just might as well call them the job squad. They look like they're about to be jobbing with everybody. And I, honestly, like and I honestly wouldn't have cared if this Parker guy wasn't in there because it would just be whatever. Um, but the fact that there's been some talk about him and then like it seems like they're going to book him like a beast. But then he's with these clowns, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. They, they haven't really treated the... It's like a 50-50 with the big guys. Like... um there's you got Wardlow, which I feel like is the is at the top of the food chain in terms of big guys being pushed. Got Powerhouse Hobbs, but then um, when Lance Archer was pushed to the. Uh... That's what I was gonna say. Lance Archer's one who was a big guy who was pushed and then kind of fell off. I think he. I think he's more doing New Japan stuff now. He just lost um, every big match he was ever in. He did. He was. He was always put as the monster to face against whoever the 
the TNT champion, the AEW champion, looked like he was going to win. But then you haven't lose so many times, it's not going to matter at the end. Then he randomly turned face for a second, which I didn't understand that. Then he's heel again. Um, I, I don't know. And then, and then Brian Cage. Let's not forget about Brian Cage, who was FTW champion, loses to Sting and Darby, and then just keeps losing, loses the FTW title, and then he's off TV. Then oh, he's but, back um, on TV, and then off TV again. But remember when Lance Archer went like 15-0 and 0 on Dark, and then... Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, that was so memorable. Yeah, so fuck done. Nah, I don't know, man. Who gives a fuck about dark? Um, alrighty. So uh, let's talk a little bit more now. The Young Bucks had a bit of a segment. Um, that wasn't. I don't know. I didn't hate it. Uh, it is straight up Young Bucks. You know, they're a little awkward. They're they're talking to um, Hangman about joining them for the trios. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of cracked up at the end. Um, uh, but I don't know, man. Uh, it, it just kinda, it's obviously making it seem like Kenny Omega is going to be their trios partner. I mean, has there been talk that that's, that that's it? Because, I mean, it there, felt like it was going to be out longer now. Like, There's been minimal talk, to be honest. And... That is the best case scenario, but it just doesn't seem. If it happens, it'll be great, but at the same time, it feels lackluster. But if it doesn't happen, it's gonna be so shitty. Because who else are they gonna get as their partner? That's gonna make it seem like a big deal, especially because now they have um, heat or kind of a um, you know something going on with the. Undisputed, yeah, and what so it's, um, Marty Scroff. I don't know about that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I don't think because he has died down yet. People still don't want to book him. Oh, god. Uh, but you were saying <laughs> nothing, man. It's just there's a lot <laughs> going on, a lot of nothing going on in AW right now. It just kind of sucks. Like, there's storylines happening, but it's like. What are they fucking doing? Like, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. Uh, moving on. I want to talk about something good. I'm so fucking tired of talking about some shitty shit happening in AEW. But something that did happen in AEW that was actually pretty nice. This actually happened on Rampage. Um, Daniel Bryan came out to cut a little bit of a promo. And then Daniel Garcia, of course, you know, cuts him off. Starts talking shit, saying he wants to be the best technical um uh, sports entertainer and then you see daniel bryan start cutting a promo on him even getting all pissed off of me look look uh, getting all pissed off of him when he was like look at me when i'm talking to you which i thought was pretty cool and uh it kind of looks like it, they're kind of making it seem like daniel garcia is gonna like kind of switch and maybe no longer be with uh the jericho appreciation society which would be good because they have sammy guevara now which they didn't in the beginning. Just keep that guy so, there man. with them. Huh? I hope so. I hope that's the case because if anybody was going to save Daniel Garcia from going down a spiral here, um, it's Brian Daniels, the best wrestler on the planet. So 
I mean, what other shit has Daniel Garcia done storyline wise, not just a match in particular, a one off or whatever? I'm talking about just like a story. What other shit has he done that's been any good? It, this it, is the it, first it, thing that that is worth watching. I agree, and and this promo uh, makes it even better for their match that's going to happen, I believe, on this um, coming Wednesday night. Um, Dynamite. Ooh, that rhymed. I like how they do that. Um, so that's actually something to look forward to. Uh, I'm going to see how, how that is. Now, for the meat and potatoes of fucking AEW, the, um, the main event that most of us, if not no, most of us, not all of us. Um, we're looking forward to Moxley versus Jericho um, for the AEW title. And it wasn't just any old Jericho. It was the Lionheart Jericho. Um, I thought this was actually a, a decent match. Um, I feel like Jericho was doing things. I felt like this match just showed how old Jericho is. Because I don't know if you were noticing, but when he was trying to, like, quote-unquote, stretch... Moxley, it just seemed awkward, and it seemed like he couldn't get to the places that he needed to get. Um, I mean, I thought this match was good. Um, yeah, I remember you it, that. I, this was like the best match that I had seen uh, Jericho in in a long ass time. I thought the one with Eddie Kingston, the the first one, was good. Um, yeah, but- that one was really good. This one was also um, pretty good, and I just wanted to enjoy it, man. I just wanted to sit back and just enjoy <coughs> a match because I did like their first match um, back at Revolution, what, two years ago, whatever. Um, yeah, that was a good match, too. So I, just, I, I felt like the Lionheart thing wasn't needed. Like the, him trying to stretch Moxley was just. I, I think if Jericho stuck to what he does best. It wouldn't have looked awkward in the that those parts. There was just that part though. Other than that part of the match when he was trying to stretch Moxley, I thought it was a decent match. Yeah, dude. I mean, I thought it was um, a good match. Um, I have nothing bad to say about it. Uh, besides, before we get to what really happened at the end, this this was like a scuffle or whatever. Like after the match, I'm like, man, they just can't leave well enough alone. I was like, that was a good match. Why have this? And boy, was I wrong because what happened oh, yeah. next, Nico? Oh, we hear the we hear the beautiful music of CM Punk coming on out, ready to kick ass, take names, and he did so. Everyone was getting, you know, he came in. We cleared the the ring. Everyone was outside the ring, and then we have Punk standing, facing Moxley as Moxley is sitting there, getting his things together, knowing what's behind him, and just kind of, you know, making him wait, doing what Moxley does, being an asshole. Stands up, grabs his title in his arm, turns around, stares Punk straight in the face, and it's a stare-off of all stare-offs. I thought this was great. This is an awesome moment. And I feel even in this moment, it was like, you know what? Moxley is the perfect opponent for CM Punk at this point. I feel like he's a perfect opponent for, for CM Punk. Talking about how great everything is. He's so happy to be back. And Moxley's there just to point the finger at him and say, fuck you. Let's fight. So that was great. I enjoyed that bit immensely. What about you? 
I thought that this was a fucking moment um, in AEW because it finally, like, when they had the stare down, you fucking knew that it finally, like, clicked. Like, you know, the fact that Punk was going to be out, we didn't know how long, how serious it was going to be. And then after he just won the title, so we're in shambles because we it led up to him finally winning the championship, even though people might have felt that it was a little too late. He finally wins the championship, and then he goes down. Um, and yeah, honestly, AEW has not been... I, I feel like since Punk has been gone, AEW has kind of been in the shits. Well, that's the re- that's one of the reasons why his return was so exciting because you're like, well, yeah. finally we're gonna get some good shit on this show because it's been a bad couple weeks uh, or months, depending how you- on how you look at it. But, um, dude, I'm excited for this match. I'm excited Dang. for the promos. Uh, I feel like some real shit's gonna be said because we didn't know if Moxley. There was questions around Moxley being the right guy or the way you should have gone with the interim title. But after that stare down on Wednesday, it finally fucking clicked that this is the match that's supposed to happen. And and it should happen at All Out, I would assume, in Chicago. Place mm-hmm. is going to go nuts. And Moxie's going to go in there like a fucking heel. Fucking, you know, that's what I would do. Just fuck, you know, fuck everybody else. Fuck everybody in this fucking arena. I'm walking in. I'm beating Punk. I'm walking out as champ. And Punk's yeah, a hero, but- man. And that's not even halfway. Um, that's not even that far away from his character, anyways. Already, so Mike right. can play that part perfectly. It so makes sense. Let's let's see what happens on Dynamite with CM Punk cutting a promo on Moxie. The promos between the two are should be fucking awesome. Moxie can go on the mat uh, on the mic. Uh, Punk can go on the mic. We'll see where this fucking goes. And um, yes, sir, I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. And just uh, before we go on to talking about WWE, I do want to give a special honorable mention. I totally forgot about it to Wardlow. Um, The Wardlow and Jay Lethal thing looks like it's going to be dope. Um, FTR came out to back up Wardlow um, against Jay Lethal. So I'm down to see that match again because their match at Battle of the Belts 3 was, was actually pretty decent. So looking forward to that. I was trying to remember what FTR did this week. I knew they did. They backed up somebody, and I honestly forgot this happened, man. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, a lot of the stories are forgettable, especially with all the shit that goes on uh, in between. But yeah, that, I feel like that's gonna be a good one. Um, but man, take it away. Let's. What happened in this week? Alrighty. So we get to the WWE side and. Honestly, man, I don't know if there's ever been a week where we've had probably better things on WWE than AEW. Um, It usually seems like there's more to talk about with AEW, but as we've talked about in the past, there has been some recent major changes in WWE as far as creative goes, and there's some interesting things which we'll get into. Um, Mm -hmm. But first, let's start off with just some some good wrestling, man. Um, some good championship wrestling. We had Bobby Lashley and Champa going at it for the United States title, uh, which Champa earned the the opportunity for that last week uh, after winning the triple threat and then winning in the main event. So it felt nice to see Champa in this spot. 
Uh, because if you've seen his NXT run, he can fucking go with the best of them. Uh, and I'm glad he's mm-hmm. being put in the spotlight, man. What did you think of this match, uh, which we saw Bobby Lashley retaining? Dude, honestly, it was a great match. Um, I was very surprised, and I, I love that they're doing this for the United States title. I've always loved the United States title. Um, I wasn't big on it with WCW because I didn't watch WCW when I was a kid. I was more of a WBF kid. But when it came into uh, SmackDown, which is where it debuted, I believe, um, it just looked cool. It looked, looked like a, a, a cool title to hold. Um, not only that, but you had Chris Benoit hold it, Eddie Guerrero, John Cena, um, Chavo. No, wait, not Chavo. I meant to say Carlito. Carlito. You know, a lot of cool cool guys, hateful heels, and it was a great title. It looked like a cool title. And then you have, you know, the newest era where it's kind of been thrown to the wayside. But hopefully, especially in this new, this new you know, era of, of WWE, not just with Triple H, but the fact that, you know, it's, we've had the main title kind of been held hostage by by one person not held hostage in a sense but but one person holds that title for a really long time there's been a couple of little reigns here and there but you have brock lesnar holding it for almost a year and not being on tv you have roman reigns current run which has been over a year um in that time raw had their title but then now they don't so i'm glad that they're elevating these these lower titles especially with such a great match um, there was a little bit of a gaga between AJ Styles and and um, and the Miz, but it didn't really get in the way of the match, which I enjoyed. Yeah, man, it was a great match. Um, I thought it was going to be the main event, but it was not. Um, so we like where they're going with Champa. We'll talk about some of these other guys that are being uh, feels like it's being pushed because of Triple H in charge. So I'm mm-hmm. sure that's the reason. But uh, I mentioned the main event. Uh, what the actual main event was AJ Styles and The Miz but what we want to talk about is not really the match but what happened after uh, obviously AJ got the win as he should uh, mm-hmm. which she looked great I thought um, and then we saw like there was a camera angle we see somebody getting like into a scuffle with the security or something like that uh, but then they just kept focusing on it so I'm like well you know I don't know if they want to keep showing this and then it was Dexter Loomis uh, was yeah. obviously spotted in this situation, and then that's how they went off the air. What did you think of this? Because I honestly am not interested in Dexter Loomis. Um, I think the gimmick is kind of weird. Um, it just doesn't... I don't know. I don't want to see it in wrestling, but what are your <laughs> take? Uh, it wasn't too bad, uh, honestly. We'll see how it goes uh, in the coming weeks. It does seem like they're not really going to focus on it in the sense that it's not going to be like shown in, in an interview or let's go backstage, oh, this thing happened. Because the Dexter Loomis story for was actually happening throughout the Raw show. Um, there was an interview with, uh, I don't remember who it was in the back, um, I think it was Bailey's group, and in the back of them, you could see that there was a car accident, and I think Nikki Ash and and Dewdrop are back there, like it was their car, but there was an accident in the back, and then something else happened later in the night where they're still kind of in the back, and then the security starts running forward, 
So yes. I feel like it was coming out. It was like in the show throughout the entire show. And then it culminated with him getting carried back by security. So it seems like he caused an accident so that security wouldn't see him slipping into the building. And then he finally got as close as to the guardrail, but was then foiled and taken back. Um, wow. I'm surprised that they even put any kind of detail into this. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised with Triple H being the one doing it. Like, I'm sure he, that was a big Triple H thing. I'm sure it wasn't solely on Triple H and a, a kind of a group effort and saying how they wanted to tell the story. But I'm not too surprised at this point. This is a new era, buddy. Well, I know Tony Khan wouldn't have done that. Uh, <laughs> but in this situation, I remembered that and I was like, okay, obviously something's going on. But I didn't put those two things together. I don't know why. I don't know if, uh, if because I had forgotten that happened earlier that night. Or I just didn't think that the Dexter Loomis thing would be involved in that. Um, that's how I'm seeing it. I'm not saying that that's exactly what they were trying to go for. But if they're, if I'm only going off of that just solely on the fact that the Dexter Loomis reveal at the end was off-camera still. Like, AJ Styles was still the focus of it. Off-camera, he was taken back. You could kind of see that it was him just because of the blonde hair and his face. And then, of course, the commentary table saying Dexter Loomis. But it wasn't really focused on. It was weird. But then, so I, I figured that everything that was happening beforehand was all Dexter Loomis. Okay, so we, we talked about uh, what happened there, but... It also happened, which we'll talk a little more about Kevin Owens here in just a little bit, but when he was doing the backstage interview, the you could see the accident, like that they were attending to an accident. Yeah, I think that was um, behind I think them. That was I think that might have been the beginning or like the middle. Like I said, it was it was in different parts. There was the very beginning part where I think Nikki ASH and, and Dewdrop were there. And then yes, KO came out and they were still kind of fucking with it. And then there was another interview where you see the security run forward. So yeah. it, was, it was multiple times throughout the entire night. But yeah, I, I, I think that was all Dexter Loomis. Okay, that's a good observation. Uh, I didn't pick it up at all, but that's a good um, story there. Um, I do want to say one more thing before we... Are you going to continue talking about Dexter Loomis? Well, I'm just going to say that... Uh, as far as Dexter Loomis, we'll see how they keep doing this. I hope it's something that isn't too over the top or too kind of cringe for me. But um, I hope it's not like because he, he's always had like that stalker kind of weird gimmick because he had it in Impact. Um, and he had it in NXT. Yeah, so I hope it's not too out there but i mean i don't know i don't know man uh i don't know if you saw that that one where he's i think he gets married to some chicken nxt i don't remember yeah. who it was and then he has like his condoms and he's just giving a thumbs up i thought that was that shit was hilarious i'm not i'm not gonna lie some of that stuff was funny but i didn't like all that stuff really in general that he was doing uh i do remember uh, the wedding you're talking about yeah it's it good shit Anyway, I feel like with that being said, and the reason why I bring up NXT, I feel like this Dexter Loomis stuff is is going to culminate with Johnny Gargano coming back also. And I did hear a theory. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. I heard a theory on it that, you know, Johnny Gargano will come back and they are actually going to try to help uh, Austin Theory when he tries to cash in his title. His belt. I read that too. 
and I don't want to see that. I would kind of want to see that because I feel like um, it would. I I don't see it as them helping Austin Theory win it, but I can see Johnny Gargano coming back to Austin Theory and like, hey, buddy, what's going on? And tries to like kind of take what he kind of has, so they kind of end up feuding. So that, I can see Johnny. That I'd rather see. That would also still make sense because people know the history. Um, but I don't know about that. Him helping, I just wouldn't want to see it because then it'd bring back that group, um, which I don't want to see personally. I I would w- rather see Gargano on his own as a babyface. I thought he should have returned this past week and confronted Champa or had something with Champa after his match or something. But I know I should have taken your bet. You said he was going to be there start of hour two. I should have. I should have taken the bet. Wow, yeah, that was a failure. Uh, but <laughs> something that is not a failure um, is Kevin Owens. Uh, we mentioned okay. him just a while ago. And it seems like we've seen the rebirth of Kevin Owens. He mentioned in that backstage interview that I brought up that, um, you know, why not? You know, he knew that there was going to be eyes on the show because of who's in charge and what the mm-hmm. stories have been. Um, so why not tonight? makes an impact piece of shit out of Ezekiel, which I'm glad he did because I'm like, I don't want to see this match again. We've seen it so many times. I thought this was over with, um, but we saw him beat the fuck out of him, uh, power bound him on the side or on the apron or whatever. Uh, what did you think of this? Are you excited? I know you are about the new Kevin yeah. Owens. Yeah, dude, I texted you as soon as it happened. I was like, Oh my God, we're getting the, we're getting the black and gold Kevin Owens. We're getting the NXT Kevin Owens, you know, Come come up to Raw and beat John Cena, Kevin Owens. Um, I'm excited, dude. I loved Kevin Owens when, when he first came out, um, especially his run in NXT, as short as it was. Um, it was awesome. And uh, that's the Kevin Owens that I feel the world should see and should have. And and another thing um, I got out of this, because a lot of, a lot of things have been um, said or heard that um, – Triple H's new vision is going to change up a lot of characters that were, um, you know, basically done wrong. And Ezekiel, I think this was a way to take Ezekiel off TV. That way he can grow his beard back and come back as Elias. So I think that's also what it's coming to. I hope so. Because uh, it was funny at first, but, but then it just, and you called it from the beginning, like how far could you really get with this fucking gimmick that Ezekiel had. But uh, yeah. some interesting things Kevin Owens uh, will be doing here coming forward. I, I feel it. But uh, mm-hmm. another thing that happened on Raw that we should note is some kind of backstage segment with Edge and Rey Mysterio and Dominic where we ended up seeing Dominic pushing Edge like, hey, man, get the fuck out of my face. Well, he didn't say that, but he but he, he mentioned it. And That's what he said in his eyes. With his eyes, he showed, he, that. he showed some of that ruthless aggression that we've <laughs> wanted him to, you know, have. Um, and for a second, just a second, he looked like a grown ass man. But what did you think of this? Um, I was interested, very interested. I was like, "Oh shit, what's gonna happen? How is this gonna play out? What is he gonna do? Is he gonna turn?" 
And it kind of made me seem, made me think that he was going to turn to the Judgment Day, especially because that line he said before he left um, when he told Ray, I can't believe you're taking his side over your own sons. I was like, damn, that hits, that hits hard. That hits real hard. And um, so, damn. yeah, I was, I was excited for that. Uh, but then we get the, you know, we get the match and, and you have Rhea Ripley bringing them out. But um, looking like a fucking. Just a beat up bitch by Rio Ripley. I mean, so, we don't know how it happened. She could have, she could have blindsided him with a lead pipe in the backstage. You never know. Oh you come on! Know. She straight up walked up to him and said, "Hey, I'm fucking you up," and that's what or, happened. Or, or he went to them and said, "Hey, I don't like how my dad's treating me right now. Let's turn, buddy." And he led himself. They put makeup on and everything, bro, and just made it look more real. And then he started crying, and Rhea Ripley beat the fuck out of him because, and bro, I I think I, I don't know if I told you when it happened when he pushed Edge or when he was all mad. He looked like he wanted to cry. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, he's gonna cry in this car. Um, <laughs> but they fucking pushed him. But uh, but yeah. What? Any other thoughts on that? No, I I think this. I don't know what this is gonna do. I I I thought they were going one way, and now with Rhea keep bringing him out, I don't know what they're doing with this. I'm excited. I, not, uh, not super excited, but I'm interested to see how they move forward from here. Indeed. I am uh, as well. I'm intrigued in a possible Dominic heel turn. We'll see what happens. Um, another thing that happened on Raw, we saw the start of the women's tag tournament. Um, I don't have the full card here in front of me at the moment. See if I can pull it up. But no, but the uh, first um, while you pull that up, I'll talk about the first match. So I guess the first matchup that happened on Raw was Eo Sky and Dakota Kai. I like how that rhymes. Versus uh, Tamina Snuka and uh, Dana Brooke. You know, basically the jobbers versus the people who are obviously going to win. Um, they did make Tamina look pretty strong in this match. Um, which I was kind of surprised with, but Tamina should look strong. She's always looked strong. Um, she just always comes up short. Um, she was just brought in in the wrong era. Uh, her wrestling skills aren't even that great, but I mean, she has a presence. Um, at the end of the day, though, Dakota Kai and and Io Sky actually winning um, isn't a bad thing. I'm excited for this tournament. Only for the ending. Um, did you get that that um, picture? I do. I have the bracket here in front of me. All right. So go ahead and lay down the bracket uh, that we so, have so far. So basically, uh, as we talked about, or you talked about, Eel Sky and Dakota Kai uh, were able to defeat Tamina and Dana Brooke. Um, and then on the other side, which we'll see this week on Raw, we have Alexa Bliss and Asuka versus Nikki Ass and Dewdrop. So if if Nikki Ass can just go back to her Nikki Cross thing and do Dewdrop can go back to her old fucking name, that could be a real tag team. They're both Scottish. They're both they're they are both good at what they do. Dewdrop was actually you know, talked highly of until she got this shitty gimmick. 
But like yeah, Nikki ass looks like fucking Tobey Maguire in Spider Man uh, Three. Uh, like, hey, hey man, Spider Man Three is a classic. You should wearing wearing the black um, gear now. Like she's fucking evil. Nobody believes that, but obviously. I think Alexa Bliss and Asuka will probably win this since uh, Eel Sky and Dakota Kai are on the other side. And yep. then they'll win, obviously go to the finals there. But on the other side, which we'll talk about what happened on SmackDown, we had Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus Thia Lee and Shitzi, or Shotzi, but she was the shits the other day. Um, what did you think of this? Raquel looked like a beast, as she should. As she should. Um, it's just a bad, uh, a bad teaming. I don't know the Aaliyah thing. Aaliyah's not that great. I'm sorry, like she's not that great. Um, she's Maria Canellis in uh, 06. Yeah, she is. She really is. Uh, but I, I, I don't care at this point because Raquel won. So I don't give a fuck because Raquel's my girl. Whatever she does is gonna be great. She's from the RGB. I like to hear that every single week, so I don't give a fuck. Hell yeah. So they advance there. Um, and then next week, we're going to get uh, Natalia and Sonya Deville versus uh, an NXT team. Or uh, I've been watching some of NXT. I don't think they have been a team on there. I could be wrong. But Nikita Lyons, I know she's been pushed in NXT. She's obviously going to be a star. They want her to be a star for different reasons um that i won't get into right now but the diva reasons let's just say the diva reasons yeah and she's gonna be teaming with zoe stark who recently came back from an injury if you follow nxt and had um i don't know if she had the match already with uh mandy rose for the nxt women's title or whatever but whatever um we don't talk about that trash rotten show on here uh nakedy Nick, I was gonna say Nikki, Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark are gonna go probably beat Natalia and Sonya Deville. You think so? I, I don't mean, think they are. It's because they've been pushing Nikita Lyons, but then but you do have a baby they, face they, on the other side. So, what? A... <laughs> Whoa, that was live and uncut, but. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say you're probably right though, cause um, gotta have a heel. This isn't AEW. We don't do baby faces and baby faces all the time. So not, not well, not all the time, but not yet. I, I think well, we'll see some in the future. But, well, um, Natalia and Sonya Deville will probably win, uh, but not after a um a good showing. Uh, I think that Natalia, Natalia and Shayna Baszler would be a great tag team in the future. Um, just because what uh, Shayna Baszler's thing is the spade, and Natalia's a heart, it could work as a tag team. Weren't they already a team? They were, but the problem is that Shayna Baszler is going for the tag for the for the women's championship, so they can't they can't be together like that, bruh. Well, Shayna, we'll talk about her, but um, she should be on her own. Um, but going back to the whole tournament and getting a revamp as, as you, um, probably would feel about this because we haven't seen the titles in a couple months, um, because Sasha Banks and Naomi did that whole thing. They left or whatever. 
Uh, so the titles are vacated now, but we are going to be crowning some new champions soon. And it's probably going to be Eel Sky and Dakota Kai. Is that what you're feeling as well? I I think so. And I think what's going to happen with that, my because there's been a lot of talks of Sasha Banks and Naomi coming back now that Triple H is in charge. Um, I think what will happen, which maybe should happen, is that Dakota Kai and Eosky wins. And then we have um, Naomi and Sasha Banks come back and be like, yo, as you even said, we never lost the titles. So as far as we know, y'all fake. So something like that. I think Sasha Banks will return. That's what I'm well, saying. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll see if Triple H can bring back Sasha um, and Naomi. So I guess Naomi just comes with that too. So. Um, yeah, man, it's um, it's exciting because I feel like Triple H could actually put some meaning into these titles um, and maybe give us some legit teams. But uh, moving on to just another honorable mention that happened on Raw. We had a uh, singles match with Seth Rollins and Angelo Dawkins. And let me just say, Seth Rollins... Just gave Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins their best matches, best singles matches, back-to-back weeks. Um, And I realized in this match that Angelo Dawkins can also be a world champion one day. I believe it. I fucking believe it. What did you think of this and uh, Angelo Dawkins? Uh, Angelo Dawkins has, has actually gotten better and better. Um... As time has gone on, and I think this is the first match, or maybe the second match that I seen him without his T-shirt on. Okay, never really used to do that. Um, I don't know if he's just feeling himself or what, but it's just a weird observation. But I well, think he's that, gotten uh, himself into better shape—not Montez Ford shape, but no, no, but better shape for himself for sure. I agree. Right. Um, but I think that uh, I think these matches are just kind of matches. I don't really know what they're trying to tell with these matches. I, I think they're just holding it off until Matt Riddle can return. Because um, I think they had said that <clears throat> there's a backstage segment with Seth Rollins where they're gonna have they're gonna talk or something's gonna happen next week with Matt Riddle. Um, I believe tomorrow, but yeah, it, it's just interesting to see what's going to happen. Yes, uh, indeed. I feel like we had to bring that up. Uh, But let's move on to some things that happened on SmackDown. Uh, That was Raw, but this is SmackDown. Uh, This is actually a more bearable show most of the times. But Raw's been pretty good lately, I will say. It's been better, I'll say that. Um, We saw a comeback on on SmackDown. We talked about Dexter Loomis. Um, We've talked about bringing back Dakota Kai. Um, but now we see a, a, a group come back here, which is Hit Row. They came out and had just a match with some jobbers or whatever. Uh, but of course, this Hit Row is different because the main piece, uh, Swerve Scott is no longer in WWE. He's in AEW as the current tag team champions with Kate Lee. Um, but what did you think of this comeback? I thought it was, I mean, okay, but... 
I didn't feel like it was necessary, man. I guess Triple H was high on them or something, but um, well, I just I, felt like it wasn't necessary. Uh, they didn't get their fair shot when they came to the main roster because if you remember when they were announced to go to the main roster, like two days later, later they were let go. So it was kind of like, it kind of sucked for them because they didn't even get, get a chance to actually debut. I think they showed up one time in a backstage segment, and then they were gone the next week. Um, it is really awkward and weird without Swerve Scott there because he really was like the highlight of that tag team. But honestly, I do think that the tag team division does need more, especially on the SmackDown side. I don't feel like there's enough teams in SmackDown that can go for the title or look like they can be contenders, which I think they will turn into. They got a, a big, a heavy hitter with a cool-ass move. I like that move that he did. I don't know if you saw it where he did like the body. Um, it was like the body slam with the guy, like two guys. Yes. One dude flew over his head while the other guy, he like slammed down. Um, so I did... I dig it, um, but yeah, I, I, in the back of my mind, I was like, but Swerve Scott, like, he was the main dude. Like, let's not pretend like he wasn't. We'll see where I, it goes. I think dude, they see some star power in um, B-Bad. Is that her name, B-Bad? I, I think you're right. I, I, I agree. But I will say this. They had a pop, bro. When they came out, there was a big-ass pop. And it wasn't True. like a... I can't say the, the only reason why I even talk about the pop on this one was because you could visually see people jumping in the air, getting all excited, dancing to the music. So there was a pop for them. Like there was a crowd for them. So interesting. There was, but even in NXT, the farthest they got, I mean, Swerve was the, the, the North, fucking American, North champion. American champion, but I felt like. Even in NXT, it wasn't this big thing. So that's why I was surprised to see this. Uh, we'll see how Triple H puts his paintbrush on it because um, we know we saw a little bit or like a week or whatever you said um, when they came to the main roster under Vince. Um, you know, AJ, I think that's his name, his real life name because he was on that uh, A&E show. Um, oh. Him... He's got size. Maybe they see potential in him. Um, he looks like D'Lo Brown out there. Hey, man, that's not a bad comparison to have. D'Lo Brown is... Um, D'Lo Brown was never a world champion, is what I'm saying, but he was well-liked uh, by the hey, people. D'Lo Brown might, not, might have been a world champion, that, but I don't think that's what these guys are here for. I don't think and, he's bringing them in to be world champions, but definitely talent to bring up the tag division. And the other guy looks like um, Swerve Light. Nah, he's got a different look. I don't. Even, I wouldn't even say he looks like Swerve Light, because uh, they don't even do like the same shit. So unless he starts trying to do flips like Swerve, then I'll call him Swerve Light. But, well, he's um, he's like the um, the PS3, and Swerve's the PS4. <laughs> Yeah, they're missing their fourth member for sure. They're definitely missing the member. But they were definitely supposed to be the tag team. I mean, if you looked at that group, Hit Row before with with Swerve, Swerve was the single star. The other two guys were doing what they're, what they're doing now. 
looked like they were supposed to be the tag team portion of that faction. I think they're gonna like make it revolve around be bad. I think you're right. I agree, which would actually be um, pretty good. They did that with Alexa Bliss when she was with uh, Buddy Matthews and that other dude. I can't remember his name at this point. I don't even remember their tag team. Um, This was back in NXT's like heyday. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Like I said, this was an NXT's heyday. It was Buddy Matthews and and another dude. They were in a tag team, and Alexa Bliss was kind of like their mouthpiece. Was it um? I know it's Blake. Is it Blake something? Oh, but I think that's what their name, like Buddy and Blake, or Blake and Buddy, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, it was that tag team. Um, so like it kind of did revolve around fucking Alexa Bliss for a good while because she was like, she was their mouthpiece. They were champions when she was with them, and she leaves, and they kind of they do end up floundering. But um, but yeah, I can see them being like that, where they they revolve around um, what's your face. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, because the first thing that I thought when I saw them together like that, I'm like, well, if they ever get um the Judgment Day shit together, uh, maybe they could eventually do something, um, like a mixed tag. Uh, and if anybody gives a shit at that time about both of the teams, it could be actually pretty good. Um. But moving on to another thing that we saw on SmackDown, which I thought was good. I don't know anymore how you feel about this or how you felt, but the Intercontinental Championship match was the uh, main event. And as we talked about earlier with the U.S. title getting more focus, uh, more emphasis on it, um, we are seeing now the same thing with the Intercontinental title. And I kind of felt like they were going that route even before Triple H came in because, um, you know, Ricochet dropped it to Gunter. So I was like, you know, we're finally going to get a good champion that's going to be there for a while, I feel, as a champion. But now, you know, they're showing these packages of the title. So I'm like, all right, this is fucking good. Um, they're making us want to care about the title again. And we had the main event, Gunter defending against Shinsuke Nakamura, which is a pretty good challenger. And they've been kind of building this, I feel, right, for like the last couple weeks. Um, Shinsuke's fought uh, Marcel Bartel, I forget his name right now, uh, Ludwig Kaiser. For He fought him like two or three times, so they've been kind of building this for a little bit. What did you think of the match? Um, so the Intercontinental um, Championship match, I was actually pretty hyped for um it wasn't a bad match it was like it's pretty hard hitting um it did leave me a little it was a little lackluster for me i felt like they could have done so much more maybe it was because of the commercial breaks um i don't know but it doesn't look like it's the end especially with the ending of the match how nakamura is out of the ring he's still kind of staring back at them i feel like this is going to keep going but um, I'm interested to see where they go with this, and I kind of hope they change the Intercontinental title. I don't like the look of the title. I do not like it either. It's uh, it's disgusting, and we'll talk about some good uh, ones in a little bit. But uh, this, I thought it was a good match, hard hitting. Uh, Walter got his fucking shit in. Um, Nakamura, you know, he was getting a pop at the end, and then he ends up losing. And yes, I did notice that stare down. So I do think there's going to be something there. 
Um, which is interesting. It doesn't completely fucking bury Nakamura, keeps him in the loop still. So um I think it was great, man. And I love the direction that they're going with both of the secondary titles in WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but yeah. damn, it changed the fucking look on that Intercontinental title. It's disgusting. Yeah, it, it looks like a prop. That doesn't look good. Like, the fucking first ever AEW women's title looked better than this shit. And that was fucking garbage. Yeah, that was a garbage title. It was horrible. Um, well, anyways, uh, we get to the major storyline that you know that this show fucking focuses on which as it should it involves their top stars um we have Karrion and cross uh so a couple things happen right uh drew mcintyre cut a promo uh in the ring uh basically just talking uh about roman reigns about their match coming up at clash of the castle in a couple weeks and then also brought up Karrion and cross and you know, that whole thing. But we also had the Karrion Cross backstage uh, promo or the vignette or whatever you want to call it. Of uh, him. I'd, I'd call it a promo. It actually happened right before McIntyre's promo. Okay. Uh, I don't remember the order it happened, but I remember there was that promo. But the line that stuck out was Karrion Cross saying that Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns are the chosen ones uh, while, you know, He's the forgettable one, I believe, is the word he said. Um, he, was, he was the cast out of paradise. Yeah, that. So I thought it was good, man. Uh, I'm excited about Karrion Cross uh, and what they're gonna, how he's gonna get involved with this Roman. And I, I heard that he might get involved in the match and and uh, fucking cause Drew the title. Um, I think Roman should beat Drew clean. Uh, just because he's conquering everybody anyways. But, I mean, some of the matches Roman has had, he didn't necessarily beat them clean. I mean... Uh, Almost all of his matches, he's never beaten his opponent clean. The The matches he had with Main Event J, he low-blowed him, like, I think on both of them. Remember, because he... I don't remember if you remember, but when he first started his little title run, he did that kick out of the of the pin, but he would low blow his op- opponent at the same time. Yes, I do. And then even when he beat uh, Drew McIntyre, I think he cheated then too at the Survivor Series. And he did. I remember that. Even, uh, with the KO, the, the their their match that they had, Paul Heyman came and and helped him win that match too. So, you know, it's actually Roman's MO to actually beat someone with not cleanly. Wow, so he's really not as good as he says he is. No, dude, he's the best, okay? Like, at the end of the day, the other person still didn't beat him, so he's still better than them. Well... That's how it works, buddy. That's how it works. And you're right. Why, you know, and, and let's not forget... No, I'm just kidding. I don't need to get into nothing. <laughs> well... well Anyways, regarding this match, I mean this, uh, yeah, this upcoming match that we're gonna have with Drew and Roman Reigns. Um, Roman will win, obviously. Mm-hmm. Are they gonna involve Theory? Um, are they keeping him off TV because they want people to forget maybe a little bit so that when he cashes in, it's a surprise? I mean, what are they gonna do? Is Karrion Cross gonna get involved? What do you think about Karrion Cross? And what he did this week, and what's to come. 
I'm excited, man. What I think is gonna happen or what will happen, I I just don't I don't know. Karen Cross when he cut his promo after he was done with his promo, um, he was already backstage and he looked over like the wall and then the camera kind of paints over and then there's Drew, Drew. McIntyre. So he's also he's following Drew. And then um uh he's he's already called out he's called out Drew McIntyre, he's calling out Roman Reigns. Um, I think what's going to end up happening is Theory is going to cash in on the WWE champion. I think he's they're going to have to split the titles is what I'm, I'm saying. Um, and Karrion Cross, I feel like he's going to, to be the champion for SmackDown. And I think Roman's going to move to Raw. Okay. I mean, if, that, if they're going to make... So you're saying that the WWE title is going to be on Raw? Yeah. With Theory. They could switch it. Who knows? They've done it before. Theory could win the SmackDown champion, uh, the Universal Championship, and then move that to Raw because he's a Raw uh, superstar. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Um, It is. But I I can see Karrion Cross being the champion soon. Didn't he say that when he was going to cash in, he'd be the undisputed champion? So he wouldn't. He never mentioned getting just one belt. Unless all of a sudden they're just gonna throw that in there, like he's been saying, like I'm gonna be the undisputed champion. I'm gonna have both belts. Like, yeah, I know. I don't know where they're gonna go with this. That's the only problem that WWE has right now is how do you take? Are you gonna take off both titles from from Roman? Um, I know that Fox and USA. I feel like they still want this brand split thing to happen or to keep going. So I think SmackDown has to have their own title. Right now, well, Roman's doing double duty going back and forth, and so are the Usos. If they would have never booked the title for title match, I understand if you're going to do Roman and Brock, we already knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it didn't need both titles, and they screwed Big E out of his run to give it back to Brock. Yeah, um, true. And then Lashley fucking won it again. Or, yeah, and then he fucking lost it again in the fucking chamber or whatever. So they like, they had a way out because Lashley won Roman cost him the title. So, okay, if you're going to do that, that's fine. But then they gave it right back to Brock. I don't know if it was because Bobby was hurt in that match legitimately, or I don't know. It's like, they really just wanted it there. And then they had that weird thing. I don't know. But the point is it was all fucking clusterfuck. And now they're trying to deal with it and see how they separate the titles because we heard about the USA Network wanting a champion. So I'm thinking that they're going to do something for sure, but I don't know how you're going to do it, man. I just... I don't know uh, either. But I'm here for it because I, I'm ex- I, I want to see what Karrion Cross does. I well, want to see it. We also have seen Scarlett. Uh, she you know, went to the ring... Uh, the Usos basically also told her, like, you know, you better tell your man that if he tries us, we're going to drop him or whatever. And she said something like, that's funny because um, you well, can tell him. message to you. Yeah, something like that. So it's going to be interesting with the Usos. Uh, we got Sami Zayn having a part, a little part in this as well. Uh, any thoughts on that? Um, 
Yeah, it, it's it's okay. It's not Sammy's best work. Uh, he's still just trying to be with the bloodline. So we'll see where that goes. And I, I have faith that one day Sammy Zayn, the old Sammy Zayn, returns uh, under Triple H as the uh, just a great babyface man. And I feel like he's done some great work as a heel that people are just going to start liking him or something's going to happen. I, I, I think what's going to happen is Roman Reigns is going to beat the fuck out of him so bad and the Usos too. That the fans start fucking booing the fuck out of Roman as always, right? But mm-hmm. they feel sorry for Sami Zayn because he was actually trying to be a part of their family or whatever, their group, and they were just fucking him around. So they should just beat the fuck out of him and give him some sympathy so Sami Zayn can come back eventually as a fucking babyface. Like, we don't see him for months. And then he comes back. Imagine the pop he would get under that old music. I want to see it. All right, man. That's All not right. A, that's, yeah, actually, what you said there with Sammy is actually pretty, pretty believable. Because uh, when you were saying for him to turn faces, like, uh, he's doing so good as a heel. And, and how would you even do that? But the way you laid it out, I think that's the perfect way. To turn him how back else, into how that, else that would you turn him face? No, that's why. That's what, I was, that's what I was thinking. I was like, how would you turn him face? And then when you laid it out, I was like, you know what? That works. That actually works pretty well. I, I, I couldn't see him becoming a face again, but that would work. That would definitely work. So, Maybe Zayn is the reason why Roman loses one of those belts. And Roman is so fucking angry that he just needs to lay it out on him and just beat the fuck out of him. Maybe he tells him, hey, why don't you come out to the ring? Um, you know, we want to talk, or maybe we'll finally let you in. They convince him that he's finally getting in, and then they just beat the fuck out of him. Wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be bad. Well, that was WWE for the most part uh, this week. And um, any final thoughts on WWE as a whole? Um, w- and going forward. WWE is making me want to watch live again um there was a good little while while we were doing the show that i was just like man fuck wwe it's just so tedious, especially broad three hours but right now it's very interesting stories are going stories are booming so excited to see where we go that is for sure they are making us feel again and it feels fucking good we united make me so good <laughs> yes 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 um Go now on. that we've now that we've gone ahead and talked wrestling this week, let's go ahead and go into our segment. So, what this segment is is, what are your favorite belts? What are your favorite championship belt designs? Um, we're gonna do kind of almost like a Mount Rushmore. We're gonna do a little extra five. So five on five. What are your five top? Doesn't have to be in any particular order. Five favorite designs: WWE championships, AEW championships, any championship belt that you've ever seen. Top five. Alrighty, so I will start with my first championship belt. Um, just a spoiler, I did not pick any other company belts. Um, I stuck to WWE, WWF, whatever you want to call it. Um, right. Even though there's some appealing ones I've seen in other companies, I just felt like they weren't 
better than the ones I'm about to say. Okay. So, of course, the first one, probably my favorite belt of all time. Um, at, when I was a kid, I was like, man, that's the best fucking belt. And I'm talking about the Intercontinental Championship, the one from what, like uh, 98 or 99 to. Mm-hmm. So, Cody brought it out in uh, 2011 or something like that. I don't know. Um, oh, oh, so Cody changed it. So Cody changed it. Yeah, I'm talking about the blue in the middle, black strap, the one that Sean Benjamin had, the one that Jeff Hardy had, Chris uh, Jericho, Randy Orton, Chris Jericho was another good one. Christian Cage, right? It was just Christian, no Christian Cage. Oh, that's right, Christian with Tyson Tomkos. So, um, great fucking belt. Uh, You may have this on your list as well, but just the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree that is one of the good belts, but I'm not going to name that one just yet. I'm going to go okay. through my list. I'm, my list is a little bit of a tier. A little bit. It doesn't have to be in a particular order. Mine's a little bit in particular order. My first belt that I actually, um, one of the belts that I liked as a kid, and it was it's a gimmick belt for damn sure, but I really liked it at the time that it came out. It looked super cool. Totally a little mark for it. But the USA spinner belt that John Cena had. At the wow. Time. <laughs> I thought that belt was so fucking cool, especially when it came out. Um, and the, my list is primarily WWE also. But um, yeah, man, um, it was only used by John Cena. Uh, it was a dope looking belt to me. Um, it made it feel a little special, a little different. It wasn't there too long. Chavo, I mean, not Chavo, I said that again. Carlito ended up, I think, taking it away from John Cena. And then it reverted back to the original U.S. title belt. But that one is on my top list for sure. That's an interesting pick. Uh, I did not see that coming at all. I bet not. Bet not. Wow. Um, all righty. Right. So we're What's moving on. Two? What's number two for you, buddy? I've already got you with a swerve. What's number two? So this belt right here, um, since we were talking about Intercontinental Championships, I have to bring up another Intercontinental Championship belt design, um, the white strap, the one that Cody Rhodes brought back. Um, This fucking belt, I don't know if it was like the first white yeah. strap belt ever but it oh. was the first one i ever saw mm. uh, and i thought it was fucking dope i was like dude white strap that fucking rules so especially it went, went so well with cody rhodes at the time yes like, it looked good on him he had like a white jacket uh white and, most of the time white and black black white and black and it just, um, that time I felt like it did mean something, uh, but then that was when, towards the end, when it was starting to feel like a throwaway belt sometimes, but uh, I'm just talking about the design, though, not really what it meant in that era, so yeah, um, the white strap, intercontinental title, it's not the best one, but it's sure a, f- a favorite for me, for sure, like, I love that belt, so yeah, that's my second pick. All right, my second pick on this list, it's another customized title. It was a world title, something held in high regard by one of my favorite wrestlers, 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin smoking skull. WWF Championship belt. Looked fucking so dope when I was a kid, man. And it still is really dope. It's a really dope title. I like to put on people uh, on like the games and shit. But that one has to be like one of my tops for sure. Um, as a kid, I enjoyed it so much seeing St- Stone Cold come out with it, especially because the the skull on it, the smoking skull. Um, I don't know, man. It, it was just it was the part of the era. I loved it, hundred uh, percent. So yeah, that's my second pick. That's uh, another surprising pick, I will say. Um, <laughs> I've seen that belt. I honestly have never used it in WWE games, but um, it's uh, it's an interesting pick. Um, but moving on, or actually really quick, before we move on, um, the previous Intercontinental title belt did have different strap colors. I, I believe it was the same design. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had black they had uh, like a pink or like a purple kind of one time um and i think blue if i'm not mistaken um but the white one is the best uh but anyways moving on with the next pick i have probably most people's favorite belt the classic world heavyweight championship the all gold the big yellow the big yellow belt um just a a great fucking belt that was held by uh, Batista, Ric Flair, Triple H, uh, and I'm I know there's people. I think there's like a slight difference between the WCW one and the one that WWE used because in I don't know if you've noticed in the WWE games there's two different versions. I don't know if it's just the letters, but there's two different versions of the belt. But they're um, I think the one in WCW was like there was gold on it, but it was accented with silver. Okay. And then the the one in WWE was just straight gold, like it was just a big ass gold belt with with um red red rubies. rubies. Yeah, red rubies. Okay, so yeah, there's a slight difference, but the main idea is the big yellow fucking gold belt that it is. So that has to go on the list. That's not even a question or a debate for me. So Undertaker. Edge, Rey Mysterio, Batista, Triple H, uh, you know, Hall of Famers and future Hall of Famers held that belt. So that's a good pick, bro. Yes, sir. Alrighty, so my third pick in my story titles, this one doesn't date back too far. I really like the design. Um, It was in the era where we had to to make a change because there was two separate brands. And the title belt that I'm talking about is the World Tag Team Championship belts from Raw. Those belts looked fucking dope. I really enjoyed how they looked. They had the little red accents in the front. Um, the design was just fucking great. I'm actually looking at it right now because I have a signed autograph picture of Carlito when he held both belts, the SmackDown and um, Raw titles. But... Yeah, man, that was a great title, a great looking title. Has a pretty good champion. Which on the the SmackDown tag one deserves an honorable mention as well. Definitely uh, does. It looks cool, but the Raw one was just better for me. That's a great pick. Uh, I thought about putting either of those on my list, but there's just so there's been some great belts that I just could not put those over on these. Um, but that's a great pick. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought. I'm glad somebody mentioned it. So. Um, moving on, 
we have two the my last two belts, which I'm just gonna name one right now, but the last two belts were actually belts that I did not live through that era. But I just love them because I've seen them on, you know, there's so much footage now, right? So um the Attitude Era WWE Championship. Wow. Yeah. Motherfucker, that's, that was my that was my second to last pick too. That, that's wow. mine too. That, that, Unless that's, you can think of another one so you can get some time here. You can definitely mention another one. No, we'll, we'll both talk about this one right now. It's such a fucking cool design. I like it. I like it so much. It's fucking great. I love the blue in it, the mm-hmm. gold surrounding it. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, um, I, I think of, you know, Austin and The Rock holding those Triple H uh, Foley. Foley um, held it. Foley held it like a champ. Because he was a champ. So um, I love the belt. Um, I try to integrate it as much as I can in the games. Uh, but your thoughts on this belt? Dude, it's just such a great looking belt. And it's a, it's a belt for me for my childhood. Because when I grew up, when I actually started watching um, WF and I can last remember, that was the belt that Austin held. Like, yeah, there was a short stint where he did have the Smoking Skull belt. But then I think he lost the title. And then when he got the title back, it was the OG, well, that belt. That same, um, it's the Attitude Era um, winged eagle belt. Uh, not to be mistaken for the winged, winged eagle belt that it replaced. Um, the one that deserves an honorable mention as well. That one does. It's a great belt. Shawn Michaels held it. Bret Hart held it. Um, Yokozuna held it. Um, Hulk Hogan held it. Undertaker held it for like one day. <laughs> the list can go that far. Kevin Nash, uh, Big Daddy Diesel held it. Um. So yeah, man, it was a good looking belt, but this one right here, the Attitude Era belt, uh, that's my jam right there. And I mean, great champions held it, like you said, Triple H, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mick Foley. Uh, you have Kurt Angle that actually held it too, and he was only a couple years in the business. Um, and then unfortunately, it did get unified and turned into the unified belt, which actually also should have an honorable mention also uh, in here uh, as well. The undisputed championship belt that was created. Um, back then, looked dope too. All right, what's your number one pick, buddy? Well, I exposed one of your belts, <laughs> and you just exposed oh. one of mine. That was my last pick, the undisputed title, um, which was held by, I think, a Brock Lesnar. Um, I think of the oh, Rock. wrestling god. JBL was the last one actually to hold that because C- well Cena held it because he beat him for it and then he changed it but he didn't change it right away he actually defended the title um like that for he held the title the way it was for one whole month well, and then after he beat JBL the second time that's when it became the spinner belt um are you talking about the Judgment Day match because I believe you're wrong um you can say I'm wrong but I think I'm right. Because I remember JBL came out with it still, uh, pretending that he was like the old champion in that match. He came out with it, um, and Cena obviously came out with the new one. And then after that, we didn't see it anymore because Cena held up both of them at the end. So the spinner belt, yeah, man. Ah, shit. I don't know how long. I want to say it was after that. I think after that match of Judgment Day, I don't. I don't think it was before. Uh, it was before Judgment Day, but I don't want to sit here and Google shit. Okay. <laughs> well, he was the um, 
the the one of the last major holders. He was the last major holder, basically, of the title. Yes. Um, Undertaker had it. Uh, Eddie Guerrero had it. Kurt Angle had it. Kurt Angle had it. That's another good one. Um, but yeah, man, great fucking belt. Um, I didn't live through that era, but I think I the Rock the had it. The Rock, yeah. Well, Brock beat him for it. So, yes, sir. All right, your last pick, sir. My last pick was actually your first pick. I gotta talk about the Intercontinental title. That one actually, I think, came in uh, during the Attitude Era. I actually, it might have been. I don't know what happened to the title. I want to say that the title, the Intercontinental title, was actually like kind of thrown away for a little while, like not used at all, and then came back. I don't remember who got it back, but that Intercontinental title actually stayed. It was in the Attitude Era. It stayed through the Ruthless Aggression Era, half halfway through the PG Era, and that's when Cody Rhodes changed it. But man, it's such a cool looking design, and so many cool like just. The wrestlers that held onto it is also what accumulated to make me like it so much because as a kid, I'm seeing, you know, Jeff Hardy holds it. Um, I believe D'Lo Brown actually had a, had a crack at it. Uh, yeah. could be wrong on that one. Um, no, you- yeah, D'Lo Brown. Um, you also have, I think, The Rock might have. Was The Rock the first one to have that title? I don't know if he was the first, but he uh, did have that title. He did hold it, right? He held it. Um, he might have been, man. Cause, actually, um, I think it was The Rock, because I think after Stone Cold Steve Austin threw the title in the river, that's when they came out with the new design, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, oh. So Austin would have been... No, 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 no. Austin Austin held the old title. It was like the, the same title. design. It was like the white stripe strap one that you had, but black strap. Yeah, and so that that actually could be true, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm confused. I think the title. I'm just confused at this point. But that title, that specific title, like we said earlier, you have. Um, I think Triple H ended up holding it. I could be wrong on that one too. Uh, I think Triple H held it. He did yeah. have it when he was uh, in the Power Man trip or whatever with. Ah, uh... uh, see, there you go. Triple H held it. You got Chris Jericho holding the title. Eddie Guerrero held that title. You got Shelton Benjamin. You got uh, Carlito. You got Rey Mysterio holding that title. The Jeff Miz Hardy. Held that title. Jeff Hardy held that title. There's CM a list Punk. and list and this. CM Punk held the title. There's so many people who held this fucking title. Kofi Kingston held the title. I mean... Santino Morella. Santino Morella. That was an interesting <laughs> time. Not a bad time still. It wasn't a horrible time. Drew McIntyre had that. That was his Drew, first title. Drew McIntyre held the title. At that point, they were just kind of giving people titles. But... Uh, <laughs> Not that Drew McIntyre was horrible. It's just that, did he really deserve it at that time? Like, Ezekiel Jackson had that title. Let's not talk about that era, okay, buddy? <laughs> you're, just, you're just crushing the title even more <laughs> No, but, like, there was a time, like, Jeff Hardy had the title. And he was well-deserving of it. He was, a, he was definitely a workhorse when it came to, you know, entertaining the crowd every single night, um, putting his body on the line. You had Rob Van Dan hold, hold the title, who was the same thing, put his body on the line. Was oh, Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler was the holder of that title. Oh, workhorse. workhorse. Yes, Kane sir. held the title for a while, too. And he's definitely, at the time that Kane was holding the title, man, that, that was the best era of Kane, in my opinion. Right, before he, right before he lost his um, mask. Uh, the Miz holding it, too. You know, John Morrison is a great heel. John Morrison should probably, like, you know, he didn't need it. 
Rey Mysterio had <laughs> the, that title. The title belt, that specific one for me, that is definitely um, another childhood favorite. William Regal. We're gonna get. Oh, yeah, William Regal held the title. That was a great, definitely a great person to hold that title. So that's not, not a bad one. But, yeah, that's our list. What's your favorite list? Let us know on Twitter. Who fucking cares? Let's go. There was a fun little, uh, you know, walk through memory lane, especially with those titles. I fucking love that title, man. Um, and all these titles. Um, before we end this segment, can you name three at the top of your head right now that you should mention without talking about them? Uh, the IWGP um, Heavyweight Championship, the one prior to this uh, winged one. Um, I've got to bring up the the TNA the, World Heavyweight Title, TNA World Heavyweight Title, the the, the one blue, that's all gold with the blue letters. The blue letters, I agree. I, I have to agree um, full heartedly on that one. Um, another one that I actually uh, did like uh, also was the WWE Cruiserweight Title before the purple one, the, yes. the one that that Rey Mysterio held. And yes, that one, I so. agree. Wow, uh, AEW World Title right now is pretty. AEW World Title, the old women's wor- um, world title too. I actually really dug how that looked. That one too. That's another good one. So some great ECW World Title. I liked. I don't know if you oh, like yeah. that one. The ECW World Title. You're talking about the silver one, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought for a second you were serious on that. No, um, no, 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 not the silver one. Fuck that one. That was a horrible. Wow. Thing. Okay. Well, that's a good way to end the segment. Um, but yeah, this I think will do it for this week. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Let's Wrestle Pod. That's R A double S L E Wrestle. But yeah, man. Double O double. Oh, sorry. No, it's Let's Wrestle Pod, or you can just go in the description box or whatever. But yeah, man, that's gonna do it. Any final words before we sign off? Um, no, man. Y'all just keep watching wrestling. I'm gonna watch that GCW um, event that happened yesterday. Hopefully, oh, that's a pretty good one. Fuck yeah! Anyway, Army Championship Wrestling at its finest. So, get the fuck out of here. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, man. That's that'll do it for us. Peace. Peace.